everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show, live from quarantine. It's Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanis. Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Bolito. Are you? Are you sure? You had to think about that one. <laughs> what? Well, I, I answered on the heels of Chan. The Zencaster uh, window says daytime butt, so I don't Thank know. Thank you. I, I, I don't know if you know who you are, Gina. Look, we're recording Can during I tell the you, daytime. Gina, this is the, Gina, I'm going to tell you right now, me and Chan uh, were the first two people in the Zencaster room, and we actually had a bet between us of what your name was going to be. I predicted it would be something poop-related, and Chan decided you were seasonal and it was going to be something pumpkin-related, and we were both uh, uh, losers today, as your name is Daytime Butt. I you were was, pretty close, Ray. I cycled through. Spots, you know. I cycled through a couple because we're doing the fall crawl, uh, Zoom pub crawl today, and I'm surrounded by right. uh, uh, pumpkiny stuff and candles and beer for tonight to really set the mood. So for a second, I thought about it, but I already blew my wad when I did pumpkin butt a couple weeks ago, and then I thought, should I do That's some fair. sort of homage to RBG's butt? But I was worried it would really turn you guys off. So since That's... we're recording during the daytime, yeah, that I probably would have been safe, totally. I went with the safe choice of daytime, but real quick, what would you have gone with if you were coming up with a name that references Ruth Bader Ginsburg's hindquarters? I mean, just off the top of my head, it would have been R Butt G or Ruth Butt Ginsburg. Okay. Okay, I see that. But I didn't really think about it too oh, much Ruth, because I quickly okay. I quickly dismissed it because I'm a sensitive individual to the way you guys uh, think. I'm assuming, Ray, that uh, uh, if and when you do have another uh, daughter, you are going to name her Ruth Butt Ginsburg. Uh, I was actually going to take out the Ruth and the Ginsburg because Ruth <laughs> is already part of my current child's name. Okay, uh, sure, sure. And so I was just going to go with Butt Stacanus. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that uh, she would be uh, ridiculed for that name. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I can't think of anything that, terrible that rhymes with butt, so let's just put it out there. To be yeah, fair, anything yeah. with stacanus on the end is is superior. I know. So the episode we're talking about this week is The Greatest Evil Part 1. This is G.I. Joe Deke era. We're getting pretty close to the end of G.I. Joe Deke era. Uh, how did we Wait, make really? it? This is yeah, it? There's don't no have that more? Many more episodes to go. No, no, no. Oh, there's no. a few more but we're nearing the end of No, I mean, after this, what do we do? What do we do with our lives? Anything, oh, there's, anything there's but more. this. There's no, we need more, more G.I. Joe. There's Resolute. There's okay, the really, good. like, dark-toned, not funny ones, whether they, like, nuke Moscow and everybody's sad. We have that G.I. Joe to look forward to. And the live-action movies to talk about as well. So get ready for that. But for right now, we have the – this is uh, written by Doug Booth. Uh, not Doug Booth, I'm sorry, Bob Forward. Doug Booth is rad. Uh, Doug Booth is the head writer of G.I. Joe Deke era. But uh, Bob Forward, my nemesis, my writer nemesis, uh, who writes all the anti-drug episodes, also wrote this particular two-part anti-drug episode. So this Did, is... He writes all the anti-drug episodes? I believe, well, he, oh. wrote, the, I believe he wrote the He-Man, uh, She-Ra Christmas uh, special, I believe. That, was, I that had nothing to done... do with drugs. That was holiday-themed. I think he might have also written the cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Right. Do you think holidays and drugs are the same thing? Don't you? <laughs> I mean, based on how you act, Gina. 
No, I like holidays. I like holidays way better than I like drugs. Drugs are okay. I can take them or leave them. If someone was like, never do drugs again, I'd be like, all right. No, what I'm saying is uh, holidays to you are like drugs. You get strung mm. oh, out yeah. basically from October through December. Oh, hell, hell yeah. This year I started even earlier. Yeah. You're, you're already going. Yeah. I, yeah. Some people have tried to stop me, but it's, 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 you know, there's no rules, man. We're stuck inside. If I want to decorate my house, if I want to paint it orange and put pumpkins all around, I'm allowed to do it in September. Who's trying to stop you? Is there like a neighborhood program that's like outside your home right now with pitchforks? <laughs> And tiki torches? No, no. You know when I've been posting, when I've been posting uh, uh, all of my my pumpkin trader Joe's goods and and you know all of the many Yankee candles and other candles <laughs> that I get that have names like pumpkin sunrise. Uh, I you know every once in a while someone will comment, Jesus, calm down, Gina. But I yeah, assume well, that they have no joy in life. So thank you. Their only joy is going on Facebook and telling you to tone it down. Exactly, exactly. To be fair, it's pretty fun. <laughs> uh so so I so this was interesting because this was a like I could picture how this conversation was going in the writers room which is someone said, "Oh, we should do an anti-drug episode. Everyone's doing them. We we really want to we really want to do it. It's it's the cool thing. There's the Dare program and all that crap." Oh yeah. And then someone said, oh, okay, so so Cobra gets into dealing drugs. And someone else said, oh, no, 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 no. We can't have any regular characters dealing drugs. Right. And then someone else was like, I mean, Cobra tried to kill all the world scientists, tried to blow up the moon. And someone said, yeah, those are those are not as bad as selling drugs to the moms of America right now. Uh, so we can't have any character that will reappear in future episodes have anything to say about drugs other than these drugs are bad or oh my god i can't believe i got caught up in drugs so they had to basically bring in an outside villain and partner up gi joe and cobra even though they had a even though they have a built-in villain to the show because drugs are too irredeemable even for cobra also though they brought in uh ooh, i don't remember the cesspool is it um well, like I'm the previous uh, uh, environmental episode. This is the headman yeah. in this episode. No, no, I, I get that, oh, but oh, they oh. brought him in to be like, uh, uh, I hate the environment, and also look at that, a whole new line of toys. I'm curious if uh, that was a thing where they're like, yeah, just uh, bring in new characters for uh, Cobra to also be mad or team up with. No, you know? I mean for for yeah, those I mean, other ones I would say yes for a drug thing it's it's so it, like like this was at the height of you know like mo- like moms going crazy and forcing kindergartners to sit in on dare programs and and this is not like if they tried to sell a toy of like and this guy's a drug dealer parents would have rioted. <laughs> Like I suburban well. white I women it was great. would have rioted. I would have gone. I, I would go. I would go this Halloween as the headman if anybody <laughs> but us knew what the headman is. Us and anybody who's listening to this particular episode of Knowing He's Half the Podcast. Look, Jam, you considering have the fact long... that your Halloween is probably just going to be spent like with us at home, you may as well go for it. Fair point. <laughs> you also you have a long history of promising GI Joe themed costumes and then not delivering. So don't get anyone's hopes. You've up. never done one. In five uh, years. 
I don't have a problem getting people's hopes up and dashing them <laughs> senselessly to the ground. It's why I teamed up with Cobra in uh, season two of Deke. That's true. I was uh, so the guys, disappointer. Real quick, before we dive too deep in this episode, we had some reviews I wanted to read. Um, uh, we have we three have new reviews? reviews of the last, like, uh, I don't know, two months. Uh, we cool. need more, guys. If you haven't given us a five-star review yet, we really want to get Chan. Chan has said before, if we can get to 85 reviews by Halloween, which is like a month and a half away, <laughs> uh, he will shave his head and go as Dr. Mindbender. Yeah, and this we, is for the, for the past three years. So we need to get this. some more five-star reviews. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you see true. those numbers and we'll we'll talk. So the first one we got is from Erica Curry saying a super fun five stars. Nostalgia overload. Super fun podcast with hilarious hosts. So I'm Yay. hoping she talked about this show and not some other show. Very possible. She clicked on the wrong show. Um, <laughs> yeah, it happens. We have one uh, Dino Cat 768. What a find five stars. I love this podcast. The chemistry between the three hosts is great. All three are funny in their own way. Well, that's kind of feels backhanded in its a little way. Uh, I've recommended to a few others who love it too. I would recommend subscribing to the Patreon account to access the vault. Hey, that's a great idea, Dino Cat. That sounds like eight. Did you did you just make up a fake account so that you could fit a Patreon plug Shut in up, there? Dan. Okay, so the third one <laughs> is Mr. Retro Ghost. Um converted me five stars. I would listen periodically on every episode dealing with Storm Shadow, but when they finally expanded into reviewing other cartoons, that's when the show became a real treat. Great show. Wow, that's another backhand. (laughs) Great show, great and funny host, worth a subscription. You won't regret it at all. I just want to get those get those. Thank you very much for all you guys who've left us five star reviews. Uh, one person in the world gave us a one star review, and I'm still angry about it. And that person is a host of this show. We'll never ten, there will there will come a time. There will come a time when when all of humanity needs to leave Earth and go to the next inhabitable planet. And they're putting people in charge sure. based on their podcast reviews. And uh uh someone will come up to us and say, Oh, oh, great, great podcast. You're each funny in your own way. Uh here's a pod of people <laughs> to take to to take to you know this this random moon that we just found. And uh, uh, you're going to get to be in charge of them and, and you know, uh, uh, all of this good stuff. <laughs> oh, crap. Crap. We scrolled down and there's a one star review. Uh, you know what? We're going to shoot you into the sun instead. Gina's dream apparently is to be in charge of a pod of people on the way to a nameless moon <laughs> somewhere out in space. Uh, and consider- I'm honestly a little more concerned about that than the whole rest of the construction <laughs> there. No, it's great. When you consider how much time she spent in Zoom writers rooms, all of this holds up. <laughs> I, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I wish I'm we were in, in space and I could capsule. airlock people. That's what Gina thinks. Yeah, right. plus a whole right. new planet to decorate with pumpkin stuff. You couldn't get to the planet. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have every manner of produce except gourds. No. <laughs> oh, no. It's the Burgess Meredith Twilight Zone episode all over again. <laughs> Finally, all uh, the time in the world to put out these gourds. There are no more gourds in the world. Honestly, life has just become one extended Burgess Meredith episode of Twilight Zone. You're not wrong. You're not right. Hey, speaking of getting uh, onto it, let's talk about the episode. 
Greatest Evil. No, Part we weren't one. speaking about getting onto that at all. I, I, we were completely uh, spiraling out of control into oh, this I know we weird sci-fi. Don't worry about that. Um, so cold open. This is a strange cold open because we we get started with a whole bunch of drugs, a whole bunch of cash. We learned that there's a new drug called Spark, and uh, there's a guy named the Headman who's in charge of this drug empire, which, near as I could tell, is operated out of like one slum building. And yeah, that's uh, it? or like, or like they they locked down one alleyway. Uh, but this yeah. is a real weird opening. Like, I like I checked what? several times to make sure that it like I had started it at the right spot and this was the correct link because it just had a real weird. Like they throw you into this thing and you have no idea what's going on. It's it's has not you see no GI Joe people, no Cobra people. So I was like confused for for a few seconds. Are you yeah. kidding me? The everything is awkward and stilted. The animation is terrible. The uh, um, the background voices are all like. Get him. After him. No more selling drugs to kids. <laughs> Which is so <laughs> terrible that it can only be Deke era GI Joe. No, here's the thing. It could have been a a a show that Deke was trying to spin off, like uh, The Wire for kids. Or the headman rules. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what if the, what if somebody did a gritty take on the headman for a spinoff like a Netflix original series? Kind of like what they did with Cobra Kai. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that in in the second part of this episode, he's gonna unzip his skin and just be a head. Because otherwise, Ooh. what's the point of that name? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I believe uh it is a reference to the old sixties term. Um uh, you know, like a head shop. What's uh, a head shop? Okay. Is that like a? It's like a psychiatrist. Are you Are messing you with me? That? I can't tell because yeah, on the I, one I hand, or there's like a, like a barber shop. You're definitely old enough to know the reference, but yeah. you're also yeah. um, <laughs> uncultured enough to not know the reference. Well, yeah, I'll say he- this right now: <laughs> I, the Dare program. I am famously the only person the Dare program worked on because I never did drugs in that time. <laughs> No, I, I also time. never did drugs in that time. I, yeah, well, I, I never, never did drugs, drugs in sixth ever. grade either. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I do not know what, what is a head shop, Chan. For all of oh, us youngsters, you're serious. I like for all of us youngsters. Said, I've never heard this term before. Chan basically said, "You're old, but you're also stupid." I did, but, uh, but <laughs> Those I are my two greatest attributes, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> But I agree. I I couldn't tell because as someone who didn't even drink until I was twenty one, I I feel like I have Dang. a I have a better purity score than you do, Ray, when it comes to this stuff. And I of uh, course know what a head shop is. So what is? Can you can you tell the listeners at home? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's 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 a store that like sells sold drug paraphernalia and whatnot. But it was yeah, legal, yeah. so you know they're like glass pipes. You could use them for tobacco, I guess. Yeah, they still they still have them. They You're talking about them. every store in Hermosa Beach. Yeah, exactly. Before <laughs> weed was legalized out here, ev- any place where potheads would go to get their newest glass bubble bong was a head shop. Also, I feel like I they know. did stuff like sold posters and occasionally pornography. I mean, and basically, it's they basically became hot topics. <laughs> oh, You're not wrong. No part of this is wrong. Spencer's gifts. Uh, Spencer's I gifts. Mean, I was about yeah. to say as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so I just looked it up. Why do they call it a head shop? While the word head shop may have found its way back into popular vocabulary, the origin of the term, uh, some people claim is an acronym for he eats acid daily. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> others others think it, it relates to uh, a nickname for fans of the Grateful Dead, Deadheads. Yeah, that the the latter sounds a lot more likely. <laughs> yeah, but the first is way more fun. Couldn't tell you. So this cold opening, uh, the cold opening. He eats ass daily. Acid. Oh, acid. Right. Oh, acid. that's not as good. Um, uh, that dare program. <laughs> I, I think they were really hoping that uh, people, kids would make something out of themselves if they didn't do drugs. Yeah, and- yeah. I instead decided to go get a lot of head injuries. No, I, yeah. also, I think that, like, I think that you bragging that it worked on you just means you're easily brainwashed. <laughs> like, basically, you're you're ready for a call. Oh, I knew that was true. Please. <laughs> Boy, I wish one would come calling. Uh, I don't called, have time for it's that. It's called football, okay, right? So, uh, as, oh, it's so wonderful. Uh, hey, football's <laughs> back, everybody. Sundays. Football, football is our leader. Football gets to have sex with whatever women football wants. I mean, football has the right of prima nocte. Noctis? <laughs> That's weird. That's that what all weird... cult leaders do. All cult leaders get to bang whoever they want. I, I'm just saying it's difficult to build a system of government on that. I don't know. It would work on all. So this cold open. As we heard, uh, a bunch of angry uh, uh, white people tried to chase the drug dealers off this slum block, uh, and they ended up having defensive cannons set up like in the building where the head man was was set up, and then they shoot away all of the people and say, we own this block, get away from here, we're going to sell our drugs. My first thought is, this seems like it would be very easy for G.I. Joe to defeat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or the local cops. <laughs> Why is he shooting missiles at randos on the street? I couldn't tell what it was. At first, they looked like gas because canisters. Like the, he's got lasers. Start with the lasers, and like yeah. you don't have to bring out bust out any kind of explosives until you actually have a a, a military threat for crying out loud. Well, and also, like you still have to live in that neighborhood. <laughs> like you don't be bombing out your neighbors, then you get some complaints. Look, have you watched The Wire, Ray? Fair point. I've seen the first season of The Wire, yeah. What? No missiles were shot. What? Day-to-day operations. Maybe they get there in season four or five, but from my seasons, I saw. Oh, you're the worst. You're the worst. And then they tried to take it to the pier, and I didn't care anymore. Um, You're the worst. So then we have our theme song. Uh, My... You know this already. This is not new. You're the worst. You didn't even watch the school (laughs) season. The school season's the most compelling one. Wait, what? Which season is that? It's like season four, I think. Where Season four is the most compelling season of The Wire? I mean, like when you rewatch it and you already know everything that's going to happen, it's the, it's the season that shows you where all these people come from and you are able to identify which kids are going to basically take over which people and which kids make it out and which kids don't. <laughs> yeah, I checked out long before that. Yeah. Also, also, a couple of major things happen in that season that I won't spoil for anyone. Well, that's good of you for this, uh, what, at this point, 20-year-old show. Sure. Uh, <laughs> She's still uh, okay. hoping that you'll watch it, Ray. Uh, maybe I'll go back to it someday. There's just too many good things to watch. You know, I got Cobra Kai yeah, to watch. That's gosh, one of them. People, it was Obama's favorite show. How can you not watch it? It's uh, well, a great question. So moving forward, yeah, I can tell you guys really want to talk about this episode. 
Um, okay, so uh, Falcon is on drugs. Okay, Falcon, who we've seen maybe once since G.I. Joe the movie, famously played by Don Johnson. He's Duke's uh, younger half-brother. And of course, if you're going to pick a member of the Joe team to be on drugs, you pick the screw-up, you pick Falcon. Uh, in my mind, awesome place for shipwreck, but uh, here we are. But here's I mean, the thing. I- I would have said uh, if you need someone to be on drugs, you pick the black guy. Um, oh fortunately, they didn't. Do- oh, wait, they did. <laughs> they did. Look, we all know that the one most likely to become a drug addict is low light because oh, of past think, trauma. You know, the thing about it, though, is that low light uh, keeps his drug uh, uh, condition under control and nobody cares about him enough in order to actually, like, try to help him. But he uses like, his addiction for good. He's I like guess. the classic, you know, single tear running down his face as he's shooting up heroin and, <laughs> you know, that scene. But Hold I will on, say. What, what classic is that? <laughs> Are you mixing it up with the, the commercial about littering with the. <laughs> Native yeah. American. I remember no, he throws, the, he throws is, a soda can on the ground, and then the uh, the Native American chief shoots up heroin and starts crying. I remember no, that scene there's very that, There's that movie with the chick that I think is the chick from Swim Fan, and she's she's shooting up drugs. Uh, uh, Requiem on. for a Dream. No, no. Uh, oh, I know. Requiem that? for a Dream. That just celebrated its like 97th birthday or something like that. Something that made me. Yeah, feel Requiem old. for a Dream. A lot of people don't know this. It was made in 1927. <laughs> or how does math work? Sergei oh. Eisenstein's <laughs> first movie. No, it's the chick from. Uh, someone's going to weigh in on this that knows what I'm talking about. It's the chick from. Oh, Erica, Erica Christensen. Oh, Erica Badu. No, Ray. Erica uh, Curry, who left us a five star review. <laughs> and thank you for that, Erica Curry. Traffic. It was in traffic. The movie Traffic. She's like she's like doing heroin, and as she's as she's like smoking heroin or crack. Uh I don't remember what it was, but she has a she Uh has like a tear in the corner of her eye that rolls down at the exact right moment. That I was I was always curious if it was added in later or she really did it. Uh, Uh, I don't get to say this as often in the podcast as I would like to, but uh, sorry, that's some white people shit. What the movie Traffic? Yeah. I, I've only ever seen it like once uh, mm-hmm. because someone said it was good. And I think it was Scander. So you're racist. Uh, mm. But but I can I just say that I don't I, I, I don't care who they make on drugs, but I do care who they give a beret to. Because if, if okay. I see a beret in this whack ass, weird animated Deke era G.I. Joe, I think it's Flint. And when it turns out not to be Flint, I'm confused. Falcon's the other beret, and he actually, in the movie especially, wore very similar colors to Flint. Um, So it was was a little confusing to young Ray. Um, Well, what I would appreciate this is that Falcon uh, gets tapped on the shoulder by Mutt, uh, who you think if there was a guy on drugs, actually, Mutt would probably be so depressive. No, people who love animals uh, have have a purpose in life that they don't want to die doing drugs. Do you not remember the Christmas episode of G.I. Joe where Mutt tries to ruin Christmas for everyone? Yeah, that'll yeah. change your opinion, No, I don't, actually. Yeah. <laughs> were, oh, were I just get real sad. My was parents weren't shrunk? around so much, and I just get sad around Christmas time. Wasn't there a holiday episode where they all got shrunk? Oh, uh, that was a different episode. <laughs> anyway. You may be thinking of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> 
was Rick Moranis in it? That's that's what I'll ask I you. I don't remember, but I do know one of the kids when they're smoking heroin has a <laughs> single tear roll down their yeah. face no. just before the giant ant bursts out of the brush. And yeah, then the giant ant starts shooting up heroin and has a single ant tear. <laughs> and it's a nice moment in that movie. I remember it. Wait, can I just say that I appreciate that this drug makes, because uh, they never specify what the hell this drug is. Oh, no, it's sh- called Spark. Yeah, no, no, they do. But I'm trying to figure out like what, like it's it seems like it's, it's written meth. by people who've never done meth. drugs. It yeah. is 100% meth. It's crystal meth. That, that's okay, what I got out okay. of it the whole time. Because it, he spent an, uh, an hour ironing his his, his his wardrobe, his uniform. And it's I was like, uniform. oh, all right. I Hold appreciate on. that. I appreciate a crisp a crisp uniform on a drug, drugged up man. He did. Yeah. He spent an hour ironing his uniform right after he cut the lawn with a pair of safety scissors. Like, you know, it's fantastic. Um <laughs> Uh, something about a diamond jet. I don't know. Uh, I just throw diamond jet. What the, okay. Uh, so then we, we, we cut over to Crimson Guardsman number one, cause I am going to progress this episode forward. God damn it. And We're he gets a there. message while they're about to, oh, they're about to steal some di- diamonds are on a jet. That's what's going on. So he's about to steal <laughs> some diamonds and he gets, he gets a call from home. This is so weird. This is so, I can't express how God darn weird this is because Crimson Guardsman number one, not a character we know. It's a message from Cobra HR <laughs> calling him to tell him that his like his sister, daughter, his sister, I think it was Cindy, mm-hmm. is yep. in the hospital from a drug overdose. Yep. And he gets this while going into a mission for Cobra. Like mm-hmm. what? Totally normal. Like, what? Definitely a thing that Cobra. happens in the all- show all the time. All the time. Like, wouldn't you just wait till the mission's over and then tell him? You don't even know if he's going to survive the mission. So... <laughs> Maybe he doesn't need to be worried about that while trying to do this military job. I don't know. This whole thing is just bizarre. Okay, hold on um, now. Hold okay, on so now. Val- we yeah. know that Cobra uh, is just bad, routinely bad at what they do in these deke years. It is entirely possible, given that this is the 90s and we're talking, you know, uh, 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 we're still coming off the, the Reagan years, that Cobra is, in fact, just a tax haven. And... They're, they they put money in to launder it, so, you know, which which means that everything they have to do basically has to be a failure. That's put in lots of money and and not getting of it back. You know, it's uh it's almost like a producer's situation. So it's possible that every time the Cobras go into battle, everybody gets their own personalized. Like, hey, just so you know, uh, your wife is uh feel uh she, she called and said something about she was leaving and taking the i don't know i can't quite read this note here but maybe your kids possibly anyway uh, just so you know uh as you're going into battle have a uh, good luck and every single one of them gets some weird ass uh message so that they're all doing anything but thinking of the mission they're thinking about their lives they're thinking about the oh no my, my uh stocks have gone tits up and all i'm saying is that this is uh uh this may be 100% normal. Okay. I'll go with that. Um, 
So they end up fighting over these uh, diamonds. I and, was uh, definitely there, and he sure that nobody was left on this recording. <laughs> both of you, <laughs> your uh, your internet had gone out, or my internet had gone out. I was and thinking, I was just talking to myself. I was trying to figure out if I had missed no, I- my window to get my sound pull that I want from from drug guy when he's when he's flying into action. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely, still here. Sounds like hot action. The the <laughs> the words are 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 not great, but the no. way he says it, I mean, that's actually some no. good voice acting. It made me uncomfortable. <laughs> he definitely was yeah. thinking about having anal sex with one or more people. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's like some hot action. And he's and it's like he's he's in the process of jerking off is what it sounds like uh, yes. while he's doing that because he's he's a little strangled and a little a little a little choked. Mm-hmm. Also, I, believe- I got to get into character for this 90s cartoon. What? Come on. <laughs> Who cares what I do in the booth while I perform? Uh, here is the, where I had uh, the note bag question mark, which says to me that this was the first time we saw. Uh, where the drugs came from, which is a bag like an early 80s video game. Yeah. Like a Zelda game. It's just like a weird little globular pouch. Yes. Uh, that should have had the little money sign on it. But I guess because it's drugs, it would be yeah. something different. But uh, very iconographic, very cartoony. Yeah, um, I was 100% thinking uh, like a D&D satchel full of ma- magic dust. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's magic dust. Yeah. Which like later on we see there is some sort of like purple dust in it. Yeah, that's what yep. drugs are. That's what, what all drugs, drugs are. are. Purple dust. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what's great about it is like Falcon jumps on the chopper uh as they're trying to get away with the diamonds. He shoots the chopper while it's flying away with him. They crash. They get into a car chase with baggage cars at the airport, which is kind of amazing. They Falcon go crashing through there, there are yeah. no parachutes. They just go crashing through a wall, through yeah. a fucking yeah. stone wall into suitcases, and then keep on they, going. They get they get on those little baggage trains. the The baggage trains that go about four miles an hour, which he correct. one of them wheelies because it's the ninety. <laughs> yeah, it wheelies, <laughs> and then uh, a few minutes later, he tries to jump it. To catch a helicopter, to jump a cargo train. And he's like, what? I don't understand what went wrong here. I'm going four miles an hour, and yet I can't leap this thing in the air like a goddamn General Lee. Well, that's what kills me about this is because they, they get away. And everyone blames Falcon. And I'm just like, he's the only person that was nearby. And what, what were the rest of you doing this entire time? He was on a four mile an hour baggage car chase and none of you could catch up to it. Like, <laughs> I think Falcon deserves a medal for his performance here. Uh, I think every other G.I. Joe uh, involved in this mission should be reprimanded. I don't know. I, that really rubbed me the wrong way. You're on always the, the side of who's the trying to help. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to say right now, I am on Falcon's side here, uh, 100%. Uh, Sounds he like that their program didn't job. take after all, eh, Ray? I mean, look, after 30 years, <laughs> it uh, uh, it started to wane a little. Look, uh, before the podcast, we were talking about Ray's love of insane clown posse, so I feel like this is very much in keeping with his Detroit heritage. In what way? 
I don't want to be racist, but <laughs> uh, white people in Detroit be like, was that the no- that was the noise of them starting up their cars? Oh, yeah, I'm not no, sure what that uh, was. That just set off uh, the Google Home. I don't know what words in that <laughs> sentence set off the Google Home, but oh, it said it was, that I did not wanna, understand. I don't want to be racist, and then it just goes go on. <laughs> record this for posterity. Yeah, it started recording it and sent it to all your future potential employers. <laughs> <laughs> you owe Google a nice chunk of change now. <laughs> it, we call it a subscription, but you know what it is. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, everybody blames Doug. So Duke, uh, we cut to the office where uh, GI Joe HR, which apparently Duke is in charge of, and he calls out Falcon right there, and he's just like, "Hey." Uh, you jerk, you know, you're kicked out of GI Joe. Uh, uh, um, if you know, or you're in trouble with GI Joe, I should say, uh, you need to get your poop together. At which point we introduced to a brand new character, an African-American fellow named bulletproof. And, you know, Chen's alluded to where we're going with this already, (laughs) but, um, uh, Falcon's having a bad day basically. And he says, I just need to go get a boost. And we know what that means. Cut to the hospital where uh, Crimson Guardsman number one uh, meets uh, Cindy, who's OD'd and is in the hospital. And Not she immediately her. He gets a phone well, call he, first. He gets a phone call well, saying the, your sister's in the hospital. Yeah, we talked about that already. Now we cut to him going to the hospital at the end of the mission because he yeah. says, oh, everybody else is going back to Cobra Base. He goes, I got to stop by the hospital. And it's like, sure, why not? And so uh, she ends up snitching out the head man right there. And I'm just like, come on, Cindy. What are you doing? Don't you want it, another sweet, sweet fix? It doesn't come back to bite her, though. Like, normally, if all. this if this was any other show, the second she said, oh, it was the head man, then you see you see that one of the orderlies is actually a bag boy for the head man, goes back and says, yep. she spilled it. And- Gina, she got kidnapped this episode. Yeah, but not because oh, yeah. of that. How do you know? Because they they there's no one, like, I wanted her to get ki- killed, because she ratted out the the headman, but she just gets kidnapped right. when they realize, oh shit, she's related to a cobra person. Uh, back it up here because you want Cindy, the young girl who <laughs> is addicted to drugs, to yes. get killed for snitching. <laughs> Ray is supporting the meth addict yes. who's about to get kicked out of GI Joe. Am <laughs> I the moral center of this podcast now? <laughs> How did that happen? Look, it's it crazy times. Happen. It's crazy times in this world, Chan. We should have all seen this coming. Dogs and cats living together. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> These are unprecedented times we live in, and uh, it's time for an unprecedented moral center to this show. <laughs> um, okay, she so she's a world of hurt. <laughs> uh, so this is maybe my favorite scene of the whole episode. Which is uh, Falcon uh, drops his drugs because they, they open the door. Some for some reason Falcon's decided to do his drugs right next to the door, <laughs> which yeah. is a little weird. Like um, you do, yeah. And so they open up the door to Falcon's room to kind of check in on him. Uh, Duke does, and he slams into him and knocks his drugs on the floor, spilling the the purple powder everywhere. Immediately says, "You do drugs, you're fired from GI Joe." And Falcon decides to tell his story, and uh, uh, his story is basically, "I wanted to be good at Joeing." So I did mm-hmm. crystal meth and then Worst I did a whole lot of at workouts ever. And now I'm just tired all the time. And then Chan, can you tell us, uh, talk to us about how bulletproof handles this? 
<sighs> Let me tell you about my be- story. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, he could have been lying to manipulate. Uh, uh, wait, the what? Because why? There was no chance he was lying. No. I'm just saying, like maybe he didn't ever do drugs, but he could have been. He could have just been lying. Because he's black. No, because he's like trying to. He's trying to say, like, I know where you came from, man. I get what you're going through. Uh, I was once there too, so that he can, you know, relate relate to him and stuff. Like when people lie in in job interviews and yeah. say, "My my uh-huh. greatest strength is that I'm too organized." Or like when uh, um, Scarlet gets her legs blown off by an IED <laughs> or something like that, and he comes into the hospital room and is like, uh, yeah, I know. I know where you've been. Like when I was 14, I had my legs blown off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Grew them back. But, you know, definitely. I love that's this a- idea for this character. <laughs> He's just really empathetic and people never question it. <laughs> I love this. Now, Gina, next time you write a show, uh, maybe for some upcoming uh, project, you need to have a character whose entire (laughs) gimmick is that they claim when they were 14 years old, they've gone through whatever insane thing the other people on the show are currently going through, and no one questions them on it. And then it cuts to, like, uh, uh, yeah. I've been rewatching Dexter, and there are characters in it that are good good at this kind of thing. Okay, well, this, this makes is what's a little great more about sense it now. is that towards the end of like season two or three, you do one episode, which is a flashback episode to the uh, 14th uh, year on this planet of that character. And you show every one of those things actually happening to them <laughs> all in the span of 365 days. Uh-huh. This is yep. gold. This is gold <laughs> right here. <laughs> Write it down. I don't know anything about writing. Okay, so my point is, um, we go back to Crimson Guardsman number one, and uh, uh, oh yeah, so Crimson Guardsman number one and Duke are both flying from their respective places, and they're both kind of amped up and angry. Understandably so. So they decide, oh, each one is like, oh, you picked the wrong day, enemy of mine. So they start to fighting and shooting at each other. run into each other. They're in they planes smash. flying over. I don't know how wide a space. One is at G.I. Joe headquarters. Another one's at the hospital. I don't know. I, I assume that uh, uh, Crimson Guardsman number one is headed back to uh, Cobra base and Duke yep. is headed back to home, maybe to visit his parents. Where, somehow, however far apart they are geographically, they fly together. And not just together, they're like, oh, fuck you. No, fuck you, man. And they play chicken and both (laughs) crash their planes into each other. And then it takes them 35 minutes to descend. Yes. uh, And then then they they, they end up getting stuck on one parachute. They dock like you do. (laughs) Like that is clearly a a metaphor uh, for them pulling their penises out and one of them stick jamming in the other one's uh, uncircumcised foreskin. Their their shoots intertwine with each other in a very sexual way. And then and then they're they're left being like, you pull out. No, you pull out. Yep. Just like you do. (laughs) Yep. No, this holds up. Um. Yeah. So they decide to declare a truce as they're dropping for 35 minutes, and they have a conversation about like, "Hey, I'm just really amped up because my you know sister's on drugs." Oh, really? My yeah. brother, uh, half brother's on drugs. Hey, and let's that, talk about that some more. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, let me t- s- sit sit down. We've got all the time in the world. 
tell me your tale <laughs> so as weird. we descend to the ground over these next several days. And then it cuts back to them and it's like, wow, that was quite a story. Uh, and then they write The Hobbit and then they have a 14 course meal together. And then finally they hit the ground. Yeah, it's pretty. And then they decide, that, well, let's team up and go get the headman. And this is where I feel like this episode is so incredibly dumb because we've seen G.I. Oh, Joe take out this Cobra is where... Temple after Cobra Temple. Oh. We've seen them defeat all of Cobra La. They invaded the Himalayas and took out an alien or entity. And yet one dude with a couple cannons on a block in Brooklyn is shutting down all of G.I. Joe. Like, no, I don't understand like how this guy is as big a threat. They, they need to be worried about civilian casualties. Plus, you know, some of the cops in this town are in on it. They're not just talking about taking out one guy. They're talking about overhauling the system, which is why you should have watched all of the wire, Ray. <laughs> yeah, this makes Guys, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch all the wire and I'm going to come right back. OK, so we're going to make an edit right here. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Joe. Yeah, well, uh, you'll okay. be done by the time okay, we hit the edit. ground. Thank you. No, no, no. Here's uh, no, the thing: but, like, but we're almost done with GI Joe, which clearly means we need to turn this into a wire podcast. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> the exact. Uh, I probably would be able to follow it a little better than Legion. Um, so we got. That I wouldn't bet us. on it. Yeah, I, I doubt it. I think I think you yeah. would probably be not not be very confused either way. You know, guys. I actually changed my mind. I wouldn't understand it. And I've seen it. Um, 
yeah, so uh, Cobra doesn't care about civilian casualties either. <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing is just bizarre. And I understand what they're trying to do, but this is a very uh, ham-handed way of doing it. So, okay. So uh, Cobra Crimson Guardsman number one goes back to Cobra Commander and says, let's ally with G.I. Joe. And he says, what if we go there and we just steal all the drug money of the headman and cobra commander's like yo i like it this is weird let's do it anyway gi joe on the flip side has their own meeting where duke is just like yo we're gonna ally with cobra in order to take him down to where people shouting you must be nuts at him and then within five seconds of him basically being like come on guys they all go okay we're all on board let's do it I here's the thing. I I enjoyed this actually. I thought I I always love a good heroes teaming up with villains to take out a bigger villain. Uh it's it's usually the arc in any good season 2 monster type show or superhero type show. Sure. And they do this in an episode. I wanted to see more of the weird pair-ups because they they had a couple of quick oh, yeah quick little bits like they have the yep. baroness with junkyard and finally like we do we'd see junkyard because i was upset that we saw mutt earlier in the episode with no junkyard although i do not like his redesign where they make him look like a mean mean dog uh uh but yeah like they they show her and she's like oh i can't believe i have to work with someone straight out of the pound i was talking about you not the dog and I was like, all right, I want to I want to see I could watch and I could watch an episode of each of these pair ups of what each of their missions are and just like where these weird relationships go. So I like I like that. I just wanted thing, more a, of it. I'm hoping that because this is a two uh, episode arc and because they're known for padding out, you know, uh-huh. uh, three quarters of an episode into two full episodes that there is a whole bunch of that, just a whole bunch of the pairs doing stuff. Cause why not? It, yeah. it would, it's the only fun part of this, but it also seems like they go past it pretty quickly. Like maybe uh, I hope I'm hoping I'm wrong and I'm hoping episode two is a bunch of that. But to me, it, it almost feels like they're like, Oh, look at all these weird. Okay. Now we moved on. We moved on to something else. Yeah, this this kind of has shades of the Games Master episode, if you guys remember that one, where yep. um, Cobra Commander, Destro, Baroness, uh, Flint, and Lady J are all kidnapped by a third party, and they have to work together. Um, and that's what we kind of could have had here. It's one of my favorite episodes of Sunbow. Um, uh, Flint Dilly, uh, great episode. Great job, mm-hmm. Flint. <laughs> um, so our pairings, we got Mutt Junkyard and Baroness. We got Bulletproof and Metalhead together, which since we don't really know anything about Bulletproof, other than he used to be drugged out of his mind when he was a kid. Uh, I think him and Metalhead actually makes a lot of sense now that I think about it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You've got a, a Shockwave, who we haven't done anything with, but he gets paired with Co- Crimson Guardsman number one. Uh, Shockwave, one of the few, if only G.I. Joe's from the state of Michigan. That's why I know him. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites for that reason of course he's also an icp matters. fan he is also an icp fan that is correct oh uh, he'd yeah. have to be in this era um and then uh, there's a really fun bit with uh, a metalhead and a rocket and he's trying to like shoot the building <laughs> and is that uh, a fun bit ray i thought That's it was the fun. bit they do with metalhead every episode yeah the bit was they were shooting rockets at him and bulletproof had to keep yanking him out of the way and metalhead was getting pissed because he couldn't shoot his rockets and he's like yeah because you're about to get hit with the rocket you dim bulb and i was like that's kind of cute i don't know the idea that he's so focused on shooting he doesn't worry about himself 
So this is going to be a very specific comparison, but I'm currently rereading The Stand, and I and to anyone who's ever read it or watched the miniseries, uh, uh, the, the original one with Rob Lowe. Are you about to bring a Matt Frewer reference into this? <laughs> you did are. We, did we already did we already talk about this? No, but I just I I I was like, why is she bringing up The Stand? I'm like. Wait a minute. Yeah. You're talking about trash can man? He is the trash can man. Like he is he is his internal monologue of I just get so excited, I want to blow things up. The first time we see trash can man in the stand is when he realizes he's alone in town and can finally blow up the gas the huge gas tanks that basically feed the whole town and he can't help himself. This is he is the trash the trash can man is the r-rated version of of a gi joe character i wanted to shut you down i wanted (laughs) to disagree wholeheartedly because it's a stupid thing to bring in but you're not wrong yeah yeah i was i was literally i was reading the chapter last night where he's he's thinking about what to do and he's realizing there's no one around and he keeps glancing over there nervously and and he's got all his ticks and and it's the same character cibola 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 well, that actually reminds me because um headman uh, who's about to take a bunch of hostages uh actually reminds me a lot of max headroom um, the character uh, from the classic no, 80s television show, uh, no, also played by Matt Matt Frewer. Did, feel, did you just uh, Google Matt Frewer? Is that what happened? Did you just Google it? <laughs> you could have called it. You could have brought up Doctor Doctor. Doctor. That was also a great sitcom that he was uh, in in the eighties. I want he yeah, that was actually dead, right? me of that one. He is not okay. That one guy not- from The Watchmen uh, uh, in his kitchen who talks to Rorschach. That's a really good. Uh, <laughs> Why oh, also he... played by Matt Frewer. But also, like, that's the last thing I can remember him being in. No, he's still working. He uh he was a recurring character working. on uh uh that one sci-fi show, Warehouse 13, was it? Or... Oh, okay. I didn't see that, oh. and I just got worried that maybe he had fallen out of favor because I'm a big Matt Frewer fan. No, I yeah, I love him. I was a huge uh Max Hedrum fan back in the day, and uh also, oh dang, he was in Perry Mason. What? I no, I watched all of Perry Mason. Uh, he was in multiple episodes. So really, he, Judge Fred Wright. Oh crap! That's right. He's in Castlevania. Guys, he's he also in Castlevania. Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, okay, there's a ton of stuff. He's constantly working. We but we're now, so happy. Yeah, now, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Timeless. I remember that. I'm Dude, looking he works up so hard. the. I'm looking up the new cast to see if, if to see if the new Trash Can Man holds up stacks up what's what's, <laughs> what's the trash can man's real name you guys they got him for the 2015 adam sandler vehicle pixels to play max headroom again isn't that exciting <laughs> anyway that's that the imdb page of matt frewer let's talk about the episode some more because the headman took some hostages falcon and cindy he stole from detox and cindy's in a coma uh, uh or no he's falcon's got a plan that's what's going on wait the headman wants hostages wait. and falcon has a plan I, this is, this is going to be upsetting for many reasons, (laughs) for many reasons, but the, in the 2020 version of the stand, the character is rumored to be portrayed by Marilyn Manson. Into it. No. Into it. No. Also, I know he's a terrible person who's abusive, 
Um, yeah. But also, he'd be great in the stand. Here's the thing. I just watched that. I just watched that that uh, uh, video for the first time about all of the all of the stories of his abuse. So put a sour taste in my mouth for Marilyn Manson. But oh, also, I was unaware. Yeah, so was I actually. Uh, uh, oh. But if you if yeah. you Google it, what's her face? Uh, Rachel. Rachel Dratch? Evan Wood from TV's Ed, Westworld. Ed, Evan Rachel Wood has a has a hell of that's a the one terrible 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 like courtroom appearance that she's. It's not, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not good. It's not a good look for Marilyn Manson. But if you're Marilyn Manson, I, you know, isn't that sort of? I mean, this is terrible. But like. Uh, I would assume that the people who are really into Marilyn Manson, that wouldn't bother them at all. Am I crazy? I, don't, I like I don't Marilyn know. Manson. I don't know. Watch the watch the I, video. I like Chad. Marilyn Manson as no, well. No, but like, no, no, no. I'm saying I like the music. I'm not saying that I'm happy that he's an abuser for crying oh, out loud. But here's the thing. The 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 other reason that like, you know, like so I just I just watched it, he was an abuser, but also like Matt Frewer is a guy who could look normal, but there's something slightly off about him. Like every time he pr- plays yeah, a character, you're like, okay, that's yep. a guy that like, if, if he was a judge or something, you'd be like, okay, yeah, this, yeah okay. But there's something a little bit strange about him. So that throughout yeah, the he, stand, he sort of had this transformation of like, oh shit, this guy who used to be like a kid that wets the bed and starts fires is a little weird and then goes full blown crazy by the end. Marilyn Manson just looks like a guy that's trying to look like a guy that looks crazy. Whereas Matt Frewer actually See, looks like a guy that's a little bit off. Yeah, Matt Frewer, for the people at home, Matt Frewer's kind of got one of those looks to what Gina just said. Uh, if he's in literally anything at all, 50 50 chance he's an alien. Yeah, <laughs> that's, he, that's he, what he reminds like. me of he he reminds me of he's a little Jim Carrey ish. And especially in yep. that in the stand, he was he was sort of it was almost like he was playing uh, a fire marshal bill, if anyone remembers that oh, character sure. from In Living Color that Jim Carrey played. But but he's he's he could be handsome, but there's just something a little, a little odd about him. Whereas yep. Marilyn Manson is one of those guys that you're like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Matt Frewer is a very handsome man. I'll go ahead. Gina, I don't need to go halfway. I'll say it. Very good looking fellow. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, let's get to the end of this episode because we're there. <laughs> Do we have to, we go to the roof of this building where uh Cobra, uh, uh, Cobra commander and Duke, uh, they get hit in their aircraft and then, then they go, end up going down. Uh, they get, uh, I say here captured and switched and, uh, uh something gets fused shut and they get stuck somewhere. I don't know. I kind of tuned out at this point. So to be continued, it'll all get recapped. We'll figure it out at the beginning of the next episode, but that's the end of greatest evil. Part one. Great episode. Great episode. Um, uh, uh, but uh, we're running, we're running a little long. So, uh, Chan, I think this is a great opportunity for a theme song throwdown. It's the theme song throwdown. Okay. Woo. I don't entirely understand how this works, but Ray, the football person, yes. explained that in a tournament setup, you can have play-ins. Play-in um, games. The best, the best games of all. Where, yeah, I guess someone can gank a slot from someone else. 
Correct. That uh, happens in the NCAA tournament. Really quick, it was a, what is it, 64 teams. And they said, we have 64 teams, perfect brackets, you know, 16 times four. And, and then we play it. But then they said, we want four more teams in there, but we don't want to alter the structure. So they added in four play-in games so that you, you can have four games before the tournament starts to then uh, make eight teams into four. And then you slide them into the 64. Boom. Now we have a tournament of 68 teams. That's what we're doing here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, what ended up happening? Because honestly, there are way more than thirty-two amazing uh, uh, cartoon theme songs, uh, and in fact, there was one that uh, I put in myself personally because it's one of my favorites of all time. And Ray was like, "But why is my favorite of all time?" True. And so I'm like, "Well, I guess we're going to have to do this then." So it's yep. going to be uh, so it's going to be a very of- stressful time for Gina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which of us do you like better gina that's Aww. what this question is i mean both songs are fantastic though so this is actually a very hard choice but uh um, yeah yeah uh, uh, chen uh who who gets to go first in this play-in game uh actually yeah gina you make the call because uh of the recency effect i don't want to i don't want to jank anything up okay what are what are my options again oh uh, you're gonna have to choose one of us oh i see uh uh let's go with uh, I'll go alphabetically. So Chan, <laughs> that's not my name. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is. You know what, Gina? Great job, great job. <laughs> but here's the thing: alphabetically by last name, <laughs> it's okay. You no, still that's fair. beat him. This is the theme song to Steven Universe. We are the crystal gems. We'll always save the day. And if you think we can. Is that the Short, whole song? sweet. Yeah, wow. That's all it is. Because mine um, was like four minutes long. <laughs> we had to yeah, cut it down. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Uh, they uh, they did really a good. follow-up series called Steven Universe Future, which uh, also has its own theme song that is just as good. And it blew my mind because like, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, this is good, but this isn't uh, as good as the original. And then like two episodes later, I'm like, this song is amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And the more you listen to it, just the better it gets. I'm, I'm just I'm so used to these theme songs going 90 seconds on this thing. So when we have one that actually goes an appropriate like 20 seconds, it's jarring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is this is the shortest theme song ever, I think. It was really know. good, though. That was really, really good. Uh, and you can you can pick up a ukulele and learn how to play it. And it's it's the best. Anyway, next is the theme song to Lupin the Third. あなたは愛するの唇優しく抱きしめてくれと願う瞳の奥に獲物を映して寂しく問いかける愛のありか Oh, 
愛があるたとえるなら空を駆ける一筋の流れ星よくな笑みを夕日にさらして背中で泣いてる男の輪郭And then it goes on for another two and a half minutes. <laughs> I mean,、okay. if you're going to fit it out anywhere, it's going to be that dope ass sax solo. <laughs>、uh, dude, I was unaware、uh, this is right up my alley. Oh, God, that friggin'、oh, yeah. just disco jam and then just kick it in and like, oh, and then the, the、uh, female uh, choir the behind them. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, this is tasty. It's a super banger. It's a super banger. It's like when I, I actually didn't find out until almost towards the end of round one that Lupin the Third was somehow not in here. And I just assumed it was because you didn't know what a banger it was. <laughs> and so I'm、yeah. like, well, we got we to at least work it in somewhere, thus playing game. I'm going <laughs> to let you guys vote and then I'm going to give my take on, on each of these. Well, I mean, here's the thing、sure. uh, Lupin the Third. Well, look, I'll go ahead and go. I'm going to vote. Look, Steven Universe is great, but Looper the Third is just another level.、Um, and I'll just, Chan, how about this? We each make the case for our song in like 20 seconds, and then Gina will give her take. Is that fair?、Uh, sure. Because me sure. and you already know who we're going to vote for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.、Uh, so,、uh, Loop. Well, Chan, why don't you go first since your song went first? Okay.、Uh, basically, Steven Universe is an encapsulation of the entire show, which is this. Marvelously inclusive, like loving,、uh, beautiful show that is silly and goofy and light, but then just like has such tender, deep moments. And it, it all gets compressed down into 22 seconds, which is, I mean, concision is it's beautiful. Okay. That's、right? great. And I would say about Lupin the Third. Lupin the Third is, is, is over the top. You know, it's, it's, it comes from like, you know, the 1970s. I believe、uh, late, like late 60s, 70s is when Lupin the Third kind of became a thing in Japan. And, and so what you're seeing here in that theme song is th- this is a character that is larger than life. This is an over the top thing. This is why you have these kind of very dramatic vocals and the disco beat behind it because it does kind of、uh, have its soul in the 1970s.、Uh, so you know what you're about to see is a lot of bravado, a lot of uh, 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 bluster, and a lot of pizzazz. All right. I'm going to be I'm going to be real unpopular here and say these are these、uh, of all the songs that we've done. These two are my least favorite. Uh, What? Uh, I, I, I don't I've, I've heard Steven Universe before and I like the show. I don't like the theme song. It's too weak and soft for me. It's too the fact that like Steven, the character of Steven can't actually sing. And the register is like pretty high he, for some weird reason. Is, he is, has, is, I don't, I just don't <laughs> like it. I don't, I don't like it. It, it, it grates on my nerves. Like, I think that the, the tune, if they like lowered it and, and like you went around the house, like sort of humming it, like, okay, it's fine.、Uh, but it's just not, it's, it's, it's not rocking、wow. at all.、It's, Courtney, it's, the American girl sucks. It's not, it's not rocking. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's sort of like, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it does not rock at all. It's too, it's too soft and, uh, uh, 
uh, you know, whatever the, I'm trying to think of a, a nice way to Man, say. I'm afraid of what you're about to say about my song. <laughs> It's too soft and pathetic like me. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> no, it's, just, it, it's, it's it's sort of like what I would, you know, like if someone was, if, if, let's say if someone was making fun of something they thought sounded girly, that's what it sounds like to me. If someone, if so, if some 80s movie villain said, oh, this song is too girly, I feel like this is what the song would be. It's, it's, it's weak in my opinion. Uh, and and the characters can't they can't sing it because it's in too high a register, which annoys me. Oh my me. god! Uh, again, like the show, not not a fan of the of the uh, uh, yeah, not a fan of the not a fan of the song. Uh, Lupin the Third, I I I enjoyed it when it started, and then it went on so long. Yep. And and with it is a long song with few changes. So like, if this was if they had condensed this into 30 seconds and had the saxophones come in and had the choir come in, which I, I agree. All of that is dope. The saxophones are dope. The choir is dope. Uh, uh, but it, it got to a point where I, I zoned out because I was like, Oh my God, this is the same thing over and over (laughs) what's happening. But if it, if it was 30 seconds, I would say, Oh, hands down. This, you know, like this is this is dope. I love the sev- I love the seventies style of it. It's just why is it so long? Uh, it's 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 like a show that they shouldn't have made. It's like the show Alias when they shouldn't have made a fifth season of Alias. Uh, I disagree with literally everything that has come out of your mouth. Everything. You don't everything. think you don't think it's too long? Oh it's so long that Ray didn't even play the whole song. Well, oh to be God. fair, that was an extended, like, uh, 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 this is like an extended version of the song. On the actual TV show, I want to say it's like a minute or less. To, oh, to your well, point right there, I just, I couldn't find that version of it. Plus, I really like the four-minute version. Okay, well, that's vastly different, Ray. Because uh, I was just thinking if I was watching this and I was excited to watch a show, sitting there for four minutes and watching the theme song every week would drive me insane. But if it was a minute, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Why'd you play well, that I, version? Well, that I think came from a movie, I want to say. Um, and then there's like <laughs> opening credits and like animations that kind of play over the, t- over the front of it. Um, but you know what? I played that version, Gina, because I love that version and there would be no other justification needed. I love okay. it. Okay. I mean, I mean, my answer is the same because, because of the fact that I, be, because of the fact that I would have loved Lupin if it had been 30 seconds or a minute, I've got to give it to Lupin. Uh, because because I don't Ray even universe was short but but I did not enjoy it Ray there are no winners here (laughs) no I really don't feel like I told you I was gonna I told you I was gonna be unpopular I told you I was gonna be unpopular at Gina Ippy on Twitter um (laughs) what look here's the thing again some 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 friends of mine worked on slash work on Steven universe. And it is a great show. Again, yeah. no shade on the show. I feel like I'm going to be hated for this. I just don't, the, the theme song is not my style. I like a more rocking theme song. It's fair. Well, also, the, yes. also the last scene of a season of alias was not the best, but it definitely was necessary. <laughs> so there. Wow. <laughs> In your Man. face. Look, I've rewatched Alias three times. How many times have you rewatched it, Chan? 
don't don't bring your your weird <laughs> obsessive compulsiveness into this. <laughs> this is that's not what this is about. I'm just Guys, saying, I guarantee aliens. you, I've seen all of Alias more recently than you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our theme song throwdown for this week. And um, we're going to end it here while we're still friends. <laughs> I'm just saying, put either of those up against something like life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. And they're blown out of the water. Outrageous. Absolutely Boo. outrageous. But uh, I'm happy Boo. Lupin advances. <laughs> but uh, I'll be honest. Steven, I'm, Jan, I'm going to give it up to you. That Steven Universe song is dope. I don't believe what Gina says even Bring a little bit. Bring your 30-second uh, Lupin uh, uh, version next time, Ray. I'm, I'm going I'm to listen to it. Next time we like, do it, I'm going to find a 30-second. I'm going to listen to a 12-minute version of Lupin the Third because that was <laughs> hell dope. Okay, guys, that's our theme song throwdown for the day. Wasn't it a good one? Who even knows what it was? We just did it, and I don't even know which one we just did. Isn't that crazy how podcasts work? Anyway, <laughs> you can hit us up. Uh, 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 guys, anything you want to plug before we get on out of here, I should say? Uh, yes, I do, actually. What? This is a very important message that I would like to uh, convey to the people Uh-oh. of America. Oh. Thank you for calling the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's National Helpline for information on treatment and recovery support services. For English, press 1. Para Español, presione 2. That was uh, and at the end of the episode, uh, there was an eight, there was a, a, an eight hundred number that you could call uh, from this nineteen ninety one or ninety two yeah. episode. Yeah, Joe, Chan called it. Wait, <laughs> Gina I, called it too. I called it first and said, "Did anyone else first. call this?" I was fully expecting it to be disconnected. By the way, that's a sure. long period of time. And why didn't you be someone's number? You said that, and I thought it was going to be something cool, like "Thanks for calling the GI Joe Hotline. We're gonna we're gonna stop drugs together, kids." (laughs) No, it's like a totally boring ass like actual hotline. It's not impressive to you that they've that this hotline is still is still working. No, (laughs) the least you can. How long do you think normal hotlines are up for? We do a podcast. If you say like, oh my goodness, there's a telephone number. You told me that I should call this number. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it on air. It's going to be fun. That was the most fun. boring thing we've ever done. Okay, okay. We've been doing the show will, for five years. I will years. redeem myself. This will definitely appeal to our audience. Uh, uh, I was going to bring it Are up myself, but Chan should, be, Chan should be the one that brings it up. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. But uh, for those of you familiar with American Girl dolls, which they, they you know, I guess all these dolls are sort of historical figures. They'll be like, oh, look at this one. She's in 1776. Her best friend's name is Fanny, and she has a horse that's blind in one eye. Uh, the, the latest doll that they have from the, the deep, dark depths of history is called Courtney 1986. And me... Haley Mancini and Leslie Cena have been watching the commercial nonstop every day for about two days now. And and it is great. And it comes with a real working arcade cabinet. And there's a whole song and she does the robot in the commercial. It's a very weird commercial. I know what a commercial is going in the commercial break for this episode. uh, Our audience would have already listened to. We really and and the thing is, I watched it expecting to hate it, but now I need it. Haley told her boyfriend to propose to her with a Courtney nineteen eighty six doll. 
Uh, Courtney, I'm I'm writing in Courtney 1986 for president because (laughs) because who cares at this point? (laughs) Gina, dear God, that's the right answer. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) I am too scarred to even joke about that anymore. (laughs) Right. Gina, how much more can 2020 beat on you? Like, have you just come out the other side and have just gone full uh, full Trump wagon? Is no, that I'm we... just slowly slipping back into 1986 as a as a as a wee wee I baby. And wee that's going to be who I am from now on. And you'll have to stop by my house hey, three times that? a day to change my diaper while I'm playing with Courtney 1986. Uh, she's putting on Joker. Who's that blocking right voters at the at the polling station? Oh, it's Trump <laughs> wagon, Gina Ippolito. Courtney. What is happening? 1986. <laughs> she can't be president. She's a doll. That... Okay, guys, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give us some links because uh, I'm about I'm, I'm done here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you can hit us up on, uh, uh, of course, Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You can hit up our Patreon, as our one uh, wonderful reviewer said to do so. Give us five star reviews, but also Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast for five bucks a month. You can get four or five hundred, whatever number it is, shows uh, episodes of the show. We've done a lot over five years, guys. It's kind of crazy how that works out. We, we haven't have made a lot it of quite to five hundred. But they're definitely more than 400, which is, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, oh, fantastic. The good uh, thing we, is yes. that we're really close to getting our master's degrees, right? Because of all the hours we put in, we get a master's degree at the end of this. Yes. Yes, indeed. That is what we could have been doing with our time. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> what we did. That's one more. <laughs> wow, you put it like that. I get that really I depressed. Did not need. <laughs> but we get a master's degree in '80s cartoons. That will get us lot get us that's a true larger salary on our next jobs. It is definitely as uh, practical as the degree in theater and English that I did get. So. <laughs> What I love about this is Gina's the only one of the three of us who actually was able to, like, use this show to help her at, at the job that she's in. Oh, yeah. Several times. I've, yeah, I've, several I've times gotten... being affiliated with this show has helped you in your career. Yeah. Not me or Chad. I don't understand what I did wrong with my life. <laughs> It's true. I mean, I'm not even lying when I say that. No, I know that. That's the absurd part. That's what makes <laughs> the it absurd. so much more I'm hurtful. <laughs> so, spe- and speaking of, the Unicorn season one is about oh to be on God. Netflix on October 1st. If anyone oh, wants great. to just, you know, oh, put okay. that on and play it on a loop so that I could get <laughs> two bits on every every 150 days, Netflix shows it because that's, that's those them's the deals. Dang. Uh, run it run it in Get your house checks. so that eventually yeah. I could buy a popsicle. <laughs> nice. See? We're doing good here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So you're gonna stop, you get it up uh, at uh, G.I. Joe Podcast on Twitter or at Prez Serpentor with a Z. Uh Serpentor, I'm sure, has got a lot to say. Uh he might have to do some tweeting later today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the world is terrible. Okay, everybody. Uh you can hit me up individually. I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. 
And that is our show. Greatest Evil Part 1. Uh, we're going to do some, I think, a Patreon suggestion next week and come back with Part 2 in a couple of weeks. Unless you listen to this two years from when we recorded it, then you can listen to whatever the heck order you want to. It's your world. Live in it. Jerks. Live in the blasted hellscape that's around a few years from now. Oh, God bless America. Let the hold on tight. You got to do the fighting with all of your might. You got to keep the target straight ahead in your sight. You already got it ready to go? What? I did it to oh, you that, for once. He did it to yes. you. Is that what you, that you pulled feels a like? Chan on Jan. Oh wow, that's interesting. I pulled a Chan on Jan. <laughs> Put that at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.